Uh, welcome back, all you primetime thoughts thinkers, all you primetime thoughts fans. Uh, today it's uh it's gonna it's another me and Troy episode. We've been rocking the me and Troy episode for the longest now. Uh, hopefully we can get uh Ramon and Jared back on soon. But until then, uh, big ups to them and their Instagram model careers, as both of them are inspiring Instagram models. So go check out their Instagrams. Uh, I'm, I'm going to drop a link uh, down below later, or Troy is, or whoever sets up the YouTube video, most likely Troy. Yeah, I'm on my I'm on my phone today. And uh, let's dive, Troy, let's dive right into the episode, man. So what we got on today's uh, agenda, today's episode. We're going to talk about our predictions for the uh, play-in teams, if you will, for the East and West Conference and the NBA coming up next month. Uh, and we're going to talk about some NFL rosters, see who looks like they've built a good team after the draft and who's lacking. Uh, and we're going to talk about The Undertaker, because, of course, if you haven't seen the news, he has officially announced his retirement via his little uh, – Series thing that, he did with the uh, WWE Network. Yeah, the last ride. Correct. And then we're gonna put out some thoughts about Lonzo Ball's upcoming album. Oh, it's already out. It's already out. All right. <laughs> I haven't stopped in. Uh, we're gonna talk about Lonzo first. I haven't like fully stopped and listened to it. I've listened to a couple of songs here and there while I was on a couple of drives. Uh, for for what I could tell, I do like the album. Uh, I'm a I'm gonna give it a full listen to it tonight uh, and tomorrow. But uh, I I think it's a uh, for what I could tell from I listen to Swerve and I listen to the first song with uh with his brother Jello Ball. Uh, two very good songs. Um, the album sounds good. The album cover looks good. Uh, I'm excited to listen to it, and uh, I don't think he's on like a Dame, uh, Damian Lillard type of level when it comes down to NBA rappers. But I think he's uh, he's second when it comes down to NBA rappers. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll give it a spin. Uh, I just know all of his previous songs. It was all about the triple Bs, and now I'm assuming it's not about the triple Bs. So. It'll be yeah. a it'll be a little bit of a different listening perspective, but nonetheless, shout out to Lonzo Ball for making it happen on and off the court. Yep. Uh, all right, so let's get right into the seating games. What's what's our uh, first one? All right, you want to do every single game? Oh. Uh... Or do you yeah, want to talk about what teams you think are going to win and who's going to make it? Not going to make it. Uh, whichever one you prefer, it don't matter. We got All time. Right. Let's let's talk about uh, the the teams that that are fighting for the playoff spot, and then once we're done with that, we can kind of go like who we think is going to finish one through eight. Okay. All right. So let's do the East first because the East is easy. You got pretty much three teams that are on the bubble. You got the Nets. You got the Magic, and you got the Wizards, and all three of them have a pretty hard schedule. So, okay. 
I'll go first. I got the Nets finishing three and five. I got the Magic finishing two and six. And I got the Wizards finishing three and five, which would mean Orlando would hold a four and a half game lead over the Wizards. Therefore, there would be no play in game for my scenario. Okay. Uh, I have the Wizards getting in over the Magic. Okay. But this, but this is with a, a, a asterisk or a uh, or with an option or whatever you want to call it. Uh, if John Wall comes back and plays, the Wizards are in. If John Wall is not is not playing, I don't. Know, I think the Magic hold on to the to the uh, to the eight seed. Yeah, that's pretty much how I got it. I, I don't know for sure if Wall's going to play, but I think if he does, I feel like they can win one more game and trigger that play-in scenario. Yeah. But if he isn't back, I don't think Bradley Beal can carry it into four wins against their schedule. So I think yeah, they're going to need four wins. Definitely not. Yeah, they're definitely going to need more wins than the Magic, for sure. They have to win two more games than the Magic win. The Magic schedule's terrible. Like, they literally play, like, all the top teams at both conferences. Yeah, they could literally go like zero and eight. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's not impossible. I don't. I don't think it's uh, the Nets are in a in a safe spot. All they got to do the Nets are pretty safe. They just need to win like two or three games, and they're good. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I don't think anybody's catching up to the Nets. But and and even the Nets are at seven. Like nobody else is catching up to like six or five or four. Three or two, they might move around, but it's even not then like, the seating really doesn't matter since there's really no home court. Yep. So it's pretty much just you know, get your legs back under you and getting ready for the playoffs. It's just it's pretty much preseason for a lot of teams and regular season or like playoffs basically for the bubble teams. Yep. All right, let's hop into the Western Conference. We have the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Kings, and the Suns. So, Grizzlies, Pelicans, Spurs, Suns. You said the Blazers? Blazers and the Kings. And the Kings. Oh, hell no, not the Kings. I'm going to eliminate these teams now. The Spurs... The Kings the and the Suns. Yeah. And the Q, yeah. Those three are out. Those three are definitely out. It, it don't matter. I don't care who, who I talk to. You cannot convince me that the Spurs without uh, Marcus Aldridge, second best player. Arguably uh, best player. No, LaMarcus Aldridge is definitely their best player. You cannot convince me that LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, without a LaMarcus Aldridge on that Spurs team, it's going to be able to get into the bubble. Yeah, pretty much they got the Rose and a couple of old players. There's, there's not enough firepower. Yep. I know Pop Pop is a great coach and everything, but I don't see – I don't see uh, – I don't see it, man. And especially with uh, – with the whole, like, older coaches can barely, like, be on the sidelines and shit. I seen somewhere that they were reporting like an older coach might be that might be able to coach every other game, so you don't know how that's gonna affect it. 
I think Alvin Gentry might be in that bubble too. I know it's definitely uh, Mike D'Antoni, Greg Popovich, Doc Rivers. You, you get what I'm saying? Some of the older yeah, coaches. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So I don't know if that's still true or not. I know I've seen that like a couple of weeks ago. If it's not, somebody tell me uh, on Twitter or Instagram or wherever. Uh, but let me know if that if that uh, whole coach older coaching thing is still a factor. Uh, but I'm sorry, like I see the Grizz. It's it's really coming down to the Grizzlies, Pelicans, and the Blazers. I agree. Uh, out of those three, the Pelicans have the better schedule. Really, it's the, the Pelicans, Blazers, and the Grizzlies. Uh, depending on how everybody plays uh, and how healthy the teams are, I can see the Pelicans getting in for the eight seed. Yep, I have the Grizzlies going three and five in the next eight. I got the Pelicans going six and two, and I got the Blazers going five and three, which would trigger a play-in scenario between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. The Pelicans would need to win twice, but I think they can. They've blown the the Grizzlies out twice this season by like 20-plus both times. So I feel like with Zion Williamson getting the extra three to four months to just get in shape and getting his body right and – building some muscle around those joints. Uh, it really uh, it, it aided his uh, his game, in my opinion, because I feel like he can go a little bit harder and he won't have no more minutes restrictions. I feel like he's going to be a dominant force. I, I agree with you. Um, just so everybody, I'm going to I'm I'm share this. Oh, only the host can share in this meeting. Okay, well, I thought I could share the uh, the schedule. But to piggyback off of uh, what Troy's saying, uh, I have the Pelicans being the Jazz, being the Grizzlies, the Wizards, the Kings. We lose against the Clippers, okay. beat the Kings, beat the Spurs, beat the Magic. But then this, the matches honestly might be another loss. The Magic are talented. They got some talent. It's just I'm not sure if they have the right coach or I'm not sure what it is. But Yeah, it, it depends on what Magic team you go up against. That, you're either going to get a team day. that just lays down for some reason and then you beat them by 20 or you're going to get a team that's going to play you hard all 48 minutes and it's going to come down to the wire. Yep. Uh, for the Heat, we have the Nuggets, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Suns, the Pacers, OKC Thunder, and then the Pacers again. See, with the Heat, we're at the fourth seed. So I don't mind having the fourth seed because I think we're going up against the Pacers, and I know we can beat the Pacers. And that's just going to be Jimmy Butler versus TJ Ward all all uh, playoffs. And, you know, I love those games. I would love going up against the Pacers if I get to see Jimmy Bur- Jimmy Butler versus TJ all all playoffs all series. I but, actually have. Uh, the, oh, go ahead. No, you go. All right, I was gonna say I got the Pacers dropping because I think the Seventy Sixers they literally play like eight they play like eight games where they're like gonna be favored. 
all eight games. They have like the second easiest schedule behind the Pelicans. Uh, okay. So I feel like they're going to jump the Pacers at least. So I feel like y'all going to have to play the, the 76ers Listen, in the first round. I don't mind. I don't mind playing the 76ers either. Which either uh, way, that's another good matchup for y'all because they're like, they're heavily relying on their scoring inside the paint, just like the Pacers. Yep. So I'm not sure. The 76ers. And they, they can't. They can't really defend the uh, the three that well. And uh, for this season, uh, Bam Adebayo's been having Joel Embiid's number. Like you, you look at all the games that they played each other. Bam Adebayo has been uh, been uh, scoring and just dominating Joel Embiid. And he also had uh, Giannis too. So yeah, I feel uh, like but, I feel like either way, y'all are pretty much almost certainly either gonna play the Sixers or the Pacers, and I feel like those are both solid matchups for y'all. Yeah, that, we should definitely be able to get to the second round. Now, who would be in the second round? I don't necessarily know, but it's gonna be definitely. If y'all stay on the, either the four or the five line, it'll be the Bucks. The Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks uh, are the Magic. It's gonna be tough. It might go down to six or seven. Against the Bucks, but uh, the Bucks might get it. Low key, it'd probably be better for the Heat to lose a couple games and then take on the Celtics in the first round and the Raptors in the second round. I feel like y'all can win both those series. Yeah, and then get to the East, and then and then once we get to the uh, get to the East, we go up against the Bucks. Yeah, hope that uh, by the time we get to the East, the Eastern Conference Finals, Giannis uh, starts slowing down. Uh, I see what you're going with that, but I don't know. I feel like if we if we knock them out in the second round, whoever we go against the Eastern Eastern Conference Finals, we could beat. Yeah. My my only problem, my only worry, would be uh uh the Bucks and the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Raptors. That's the only two teams. The, the basically the three teams that are, that are ahead of us right now. Yeah, I feel like anybody in the East could win it except for the Nets and the Magic. So if you take those two out, you pretty much got a six man race. If somebody can get lucky against the Bucks, or if they could just play some, um, if the Bucks, some if really the Bucks good shit the bed. Yeah, if they shit the bed or whoever plays and plays really good paint defense, then they can win. Yeah, he's got to hold Giannis under like thirty. And make your three point shots, and you got a shot. Yep. Uh, all right. So we basically got the Wizards going in if John Waller's healthy. Yep. And the Pelicans going in because of uh, strength. Well, the easier easy schedule. schedule. Which, before anybody complains, that's that's definitely earned because the Pelicans played one of the hardest hardest schedules. Uh, we've had in in recent years, up until this point. So yeah, if you they, look at if you look at before the before the All Star game, the Pelican schedule was difficult. They had one of the hardest look, schedules ever, based on strength and schedule percentage. Yeah, you look at after the All Star game, that shit was uh, it was the easiest schedule left. I feel like the Pelicans uh, would have got in without this scenario, but I feel like with this scenario, it's an even better shot for them because they don't have to play as many games. Yeah. And it gave Zion some time to get healthy. So I feel like if the Pelicans can get in, 
I feel like they could win a game or two against the Lakers. Definitely agree. I don't think we they could beat the Lakers, but I think we could, uh, you know, get two, yeah, one or two games. Yeah, I could see it going five or six, which would be a pretty good starting point for the Pelicans rebuild. Find a yep. way to bring everybody back and then maybe make an extra addition or two to help depth-wise, and then you could make a run at the top four next year. But, yeah, uh, if you want to do standings on how you think the eight seeds will play out, we can. If not, we can just go straight to the football. Nah, we do that. All right, I'll go. In the West, uh, pretty much maybe a couple changes, but not many. I got the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets locked in in the top three. I don't see that changing. Four, I'm going to go with the Thunder because Chris Paul had a lot of time off, and I feel like that's going to benefit his game. Five, I got the Rockets. Six, I got the Jazz. Seven, I got the Mavs. And eight, the Pelicans. The only important drop right here is the Jazz because it seems like they may have some chemistry issues. We have no idea what's going on with that team right now. The four and five doesn't really matter because you don't have home court. So I feel like the Jazz dropping could, could hurt them because then they would have to play the Nuggets in the first round, and I don't see them beating Nuggets. And then in the East, I'm going with the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the 76ers, the Pacers, the Nets, and, of course, either the Magic or the Wizards, depending on John Wall. Pretty uh, straightforward on that one. Again, I only got one team really dropping, and that's the Pacers. Just like the Jazz, I feel like the Pacers' schedule in this situation is going to hurt them. So we'll have to see if Oladipo is actually going to play. I believe he is, but we'll see uh, how good he's going to be. Because he had just came back and then he had took more time off, so we'll see. Yeah. All right. So I'm going with the East first because East is just easier. East, East is not really changing unless right. one or two teams. Uh, so I got the Bucks number one, the Raptors number two, Celtics number three. Fourth, I'm keeping the Heat right there. Fifth, I'm going with the Pacers. Uh, sixth, I'm going with the 76ers. The only reason why I'm going the 76ers at uh, sixth is because I don't think the Nets will be able to jump them. Now, if they had Kyrie in uh, KD, I definitely believe the Nets will jump the 76ers because seeing how both of them have said they're not coming back, uh, the Nets are going to be a first-round out. Uh, and then last, I got the Wizards. But like I said, if John Wall is not there, then I got the Magic. Uh, for the West, I got the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, OKC, Rockets, Mavs. I cannot remember my seventh seed right now. Because I got the Pelicans number eight. I can't remember my seventh seed for anything. Is it the Thunder? I said uh, OKC at number four. Uh, it must be the Jazz then. Oh, yep. There you go. Jazz. Jazz dropped down to number seven because of chemistry issues. I don't know. I don't think your two – I don't think your two all-stars are going to be uh, too happy with each other. So that's going to mess up chemistry issues. And Utah is going to drop down. 
Utah is going to be good against you. Uh, Utah versus the Clippers is going to be good to see in the first round, but Utah is definitely not beating the Clippers. Yeah, it'd be a tough first round matchup for the Clippers just because the, the Jazz are going to grind it out each game. Yeah. Uh, you know, now that I look at it, I like these seedings that I have because you got Lakers versus Pelicans, Clippers versus uh, Utah, Nuggets versus Mavs, OKC versus Rockets. Tell me that's not a good Western Conference playoff. Uh, that's West probably, Conference that's playoff. probably the best set of matchups you could build because you have with Chris those, Paul going against his old team. You got the Nuggets and the Mavs, which are like the two new young like powerhouses in the West. Yep. The Clippers and the Jazz, who are gonna they're gonna play a lot of defense in that series, and then the Lakers that, and is gonna be a lot of high flying dunks and craziness. Yep. That's like the best scenario you could get in the West if you want uh if you want tickets well not tickets, but like people to watch it. The playoffs. All right. So uh what you wanna do? Top top five for uh or you just wanna do or you just wanna say who who is the best NFC uh roster and then who's the best AFC in the explore? I got my top five in both, so Alright. Let's start off with the AFC then. Alright. At number one I got the Ravens. I feel like uh they have the most well balanced team as far as offense and defense goes. Only reason I give them a slight edge over the Chiefs is because I think their defense is a little stronger. Second, I got the Chiefs. A little more balanced this year. Their defense should be a lot better, which is probably. You think they'll have a? You think they'll have a? a, I wouldn't say a better run game, but you think they'll be like less reliant on Mahomes. Oh, their their run, their offense is going to be way better because Clyde Edwards-Helaire is going to bring a dynamic skill set to the backfield. Now, he's not going to blow you away with his speed, but he's kind of like a Brian Westbrook who had a really, really good tenure in Philadelphia under Andy Reid, who's like a a running back genius. Yeah. So, I I like uh, like the And for anybody that wants to doubt Andy Reid, Andy Reid has had Brian Westbrook made him a future into a star. He could be a future Hall of Famer. Darren Sproles, LaShawn yep. McCoy. Like, uh, if you look at all the running backs that... Kareem Hunt uh, before he went insane. Yeah. If you look at all the uh, running backs that uh, Andy Reid has had, he made stars out of those running backs. So. Every one of them. Oh, uh, Jamal Charles, he had him for the back end, but Nonetheless, he was there. Uh, and number three, I got Tennessee, who I think is going to be slightly improved this year. They could uh, they could really make a run again you know, if they keep Derrick Henry healthy. Yeah, and if Tannehill comes out, if he's playing like he played. If Tannehill plays like he played last year and Derrick Henry stays healthy, they're going to be in the playoffs and they're going to they're going to give either Baltimore or KC a run. Um, four, I got Buffalo. I feel like they're pretty much the same as last year, but I think the 
uh, you have to go addition by subtraction in this in this scenario. And since the Patriots pretty much lost half their team, including Tom Brady, that automatically bumps the uh, Bills up. And at number five, I have arguably the most talented roster, and that would be the Browns. They have upgraded mm-hmm. their offensive line. They got two Pro Bowl receivers. They uh, pretty sure they drafted a pretty good tight end, if I'm not mistaken. Either no. drafted or signed one. They signed Sorry. one, huh? Yeah, they got the dude from the Falcons. But, yep. That's but yeah, was. yeah. Uh, Hooper, Hopper, Hopper, Hopper. Yeah. They got Hopper. And then, of course, their defense, if, you know, they can hold it together. They got a lot of talent. Greedy, Ward, uh, Miles Garrett. And there's there's some all-pro level talents in, in on that team. If they could just put it together, and I feel like they'd have a have a chance this year. All right, okay. You go ahead. I like your list. I like your list. So, for me, I'm agree with you. I got the uh, I got the Ravens number one. Uh, you guys just that that draft in the free agency that just improved the Ravens defense. Um, I got the Chiefs number two. It's it's hard to it's hard to just choose between either those two. It's either Ravens or Chiefs being your one or two. No matter how you go, you're not gonna get it wrong. One or two, Chiefs. Um, I agree with you. I got the, the Titans number three. Now this might be a surprise to everybody. But I got the Steelers, number four. Okay, fair enough. I got this, but the reason why I have the Steelers number four is because Big Big Ben has been saying that his arm feels better than it has in years. Uh, so I feel like with Ben Roethlisberger healthy, that defense is way better than it is. The uh, the coach, the head coach, he's been saying it's been it. That defense is better than some of their Super Bowl winning teams' defenses, and they're they're basically building that team around defense heavy, like they used to when they went off to, and won the Super Bowls. Uh, and then just they finally got Ben Roethlisberger a run game, so now you don't have to rely on his arm and him scrambling out of out of the pocket all the time. Like Ben doesn't have to sit there and create all the time, so. I think Steelers, uh, Steelers will be a good one at number four. And number five, I got the Bills. I have the Bills because Josh Allen has another year of, a, of experience. Uh, that means another year of improvement. Uh, and the Bills were just they, – they choked. They choked that wild card game. I thought they were going to win that wild card game against the Texans, but they choked. Uh but hey, the, with that loss comes experience, and they made some improvements. So, yeah, solid. Pretty much, if you want to add two other teams compared to what I got, it's between the uh, the Steelers and the Texans. More than likely, that's pretty much the seven teams you got to look at. You could, I guess, you could look at the Patriots if you wanted to, because their defense is still pretty good, but. Their offense is too questionable for me, so I left them out of the That quarterback play is too questionable. 
We'll have to see what Stidham's got because he has big shoes to fill. All right. Well, I guess we can move on to the NFC, which is what everybody wants to hear. Yeah. Which I don't blame them because this is going to be the most stacked conference I think we've ever seen. There's In years. There's five to six, like, really good teams. And then a couple other teams that could upset you any given Sunday. All right, I'll go ahead. At number one, I have the Saints just slightly over my number two slot, which is the 49ers. Number three, I have the Vikings. Number four, I have the Buccaneers. And number five, I have the Eagles. If I had to pick an honorable mention, I'd probably go Dallas. I feel like Dallas has a pretty well-balanced team after the draft, picking up a decent corner and arguably the best receiver in the draft in uh, CeeDee Lamb. So Dallas is going to be a problem potentially. Yeah. Uh, For me, my number one, I have the Saints. Number two, I have the Packers. Number three, I have the Cowboys. Number four, I have the 49ers. And number five, I have the Vikings. All right. Uh, When it comes down to it, uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) <laughs> what what else do I really need to say? Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and you got a great defense around both of those uh both of those quarterbacks. The Cowboys, uh, they added another great wide receiver. So now that offense is just that just got that offense just got better. Uh the Cowboys defense has been a problem for years now. So uh the forty Niners uh, I I put them lower because uh because they lost Sanders and Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo's uh he's not he's not like throwing dots like talking about it they they're starting to become more of a run heavy team they they're starting to be get, becoming more predictable and uh when it comes down to that offense but the defense has always been great. Uh, the 49ers, 40, not the 49ers, the Vikings are the Vikings. The Vikings have always been a pain in the ass for years, and they will continue to be the pain in the ass. So, yep. Uh, honorable mention, Eagles, and there's another team, but I can't really think about it off the top of my head. Tampa Bay. I got to see Tampa Bay play. I don't believe in the whole like, oh, Tom Brady's just gonna come over there and then Tampa's just suddenly's gonna be a good team and shit like that. Like Tampa's line is trash. Their offensive yes. line is definitely questionable. I'll give you that. And Tom Brady's not gonna be able to run out the pocket and save his life. So, don't don't know anything about the run game. Run game might be. Run game's questionable, but they, they have the best receiving core in the league by far. Uh, that's questionable. Evans, Godwin, Gronk, and O.J. Howard? That's that's going to be a problem. I still got the Saints. No, yeah, I, I definitely think the Saints edge them slightly because offensive line and overall defense, but... No, I'm games... just talking about receiving core. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I see you. Receiving core, I'm still going with the Saints. Thomas, Sanders, uh, Hill, Cook, 
And then if you uh, do, we still got Ted Ginn or Ted Ginn left? No, Ted Ginn signed with the Bears. Uh, good for him. Maybe he'll actually get the ball. Yeah, because I think if Nick Foles can win that starting job, he's got a pretty good arm, so yeah, he'll, he'll be a, spot. Yeah, he'll be able to get the ball deep. Um, who who else? The receiving core is still good. So, oh, Alvin Kamara. So yeah, yeah. If it, you you can uh, count him in. That whole division's so, really stacked, though, because then you got the Falcons with Julio and Ridley and added Todd Gurley to catch out the backfield. Uh, the tight end that they traded for from the Ravens, who was drafted in the first round like two years or three years ago. And the Panthers with Samuel and uh, – uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore. DJ Moore or so on Yeah. And then uh, – McCaffrey. And McCaffrey, yeah. That's a threat. That's three guys that could go over a thousand receiving yards. Yep. But overall, I feel like the NFC is going to be really stacked. Uh, there's not a lot of bad teams in the NFC. I feel like the Redskins are going to be a little bit better this year. I feel like the Giants are going to be a little bit better this year. Not saying they're like playoff contenders, but they're not going to be like no forty-two to seven win every single week. Like they're you're going to have to you have to beat them. It's- it's still gonna come down to like the last last three weeks. Uh, it's Cowboys versus Eagles. Whoever can win yeah, the division, pretty much. And in the NFC North, I mean, the Vikings are good. Green Bay's good. The Bears have a really good defense still, and the Lions have made some improvements as well. They drafted Okuda, and Matthew Stafford's supposed to be back healthy, and. And they're not no free win either. So the NFC's gonna be really Bro. stacked. Out of out of the rookie quarterback, who do you think is gonna do uh the better? Or is gonna do well this season? Uh I think Burroughs got a good chance to do well. Um as far as anybody else, I'm not really sure because I mean <laughs> Burrow's like the only surefire, surefire starter at this moment, so I yeah, feel like just Tua, out of, Tua has to fight against Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? And then, uh, and then uh, out of the Chargers, their quarterback is yeah Herbert. Uh, he he's probably going to start, so he's got a shot. Herbert and Taylor. Ty, is it Tyrod Taylor out there? Yeah, Tyrod Taylor. I don't know if he's going to win that job. That's that's the question for me. And then, of course, I, Jordan Love, he's definitely not beating out Aaron Rodgers. That's not even a debate. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jordan Love. And then uh, Jalen Hurts. He, he, they yeah. said they're not even going to use him as a quarterback. They're going to use him as a Taysom Hill. So, I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to work either. I thought that was a wasted draft pick. If you have a yeah. taste of hell, it's more of a it's more of just a luxury, but you don't really go out and seek it. Yeah. Uh you you go you do what the Saints did. You uh pick up uh Tommy what does it do? Tommy Stevenson? Something like that from Penn State. He's uh he's yeah. pretty much got some Taysom Hill like abilities, but he's a little bit bigger. He's kinda like Josh Allen size wise, yeah. but he kinda has Little more speed than Josh Allen, but yeah, he he definitely could be a weapon. Like if you're gonna seek out a a gadget player or like a 
somebody you, you bring in in certain packages, you don't seek that out in like the top three or four rounds. You wait till you get to the, the middle back end of the draft before you start looking at projects. Yeah. Not that Jalen Hurts should even be considered a project, but if you're playing him in that role, he pretty much is. You know what I saw interesting? Uh, it was out last night or like uh, – or what was last night, Saturday? It was out Saturday. Sometime this weekend. I saw uh, somewhere where somebody was saying how Harris, the state's wide, wide receiver, uh, punt returner, kick returner, whatever you want to call him, uh, the Saints, Harris, they need to. He needs to be used like a, a Tyree Kill is used with the Chiefs. If if we use Harris like they use Hill, oh my gosh! My only questions Ooh. with him is, can he do it? He's only like five six. Tyree Kill's like five ten, five eleven. So that's a big difference. I don't know how Hello. effective you could be at five six when you're gonna have a height disadvantage against every corner in the league. That is true. I think it'll take some years, like it did, like it did for Hill. Yeah, but I, think I mean, I'm more than fine with getting him in the offense and just getting the ball in his hands and seeing if he can make a play. But relying on him to hit like deep posts and you know some more complex routes to beat over the top, I'm not sure it's going to work at 5'6", because they could just, like, shove him off the line, and, and then he's already going to be able to – Yep, that, that's going to kill timing right there, and then Drew Brees doesn't have the greatest arm anymore, so that's two things working against you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also interesting. We forgot uh, T.Y. Uh, Montgomery. No. Oh, Ty Montgomery? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, Ty He's uh He's going to be a running back slash wide receiver coming out for us. So that's going to yeah, be Yeah, I feel like he could be our third receiver and, like, our third running back, so. Yep. Which is something we was definitely miss, missing. Yeah, just, just an extra body that's versatile. So if somebody goes down, we won't have to look too far to replace, you know. Yeah. Receiver goes down, he can fill in. If the running back goes down for a week or two, he can handle the can handle the load. So, I thought Washington was going to be that guy, but apparently, uh, apparently that wasn't it. Washington's a Washington was a good runner, but yeah, he's all right. Tough. Oh, it's cute. Um, all right, so for our, our Undertaker tribute, we're just going to be talking about some of my favorite moments uh, we've seen uh, throughout Undertaker's career. One of my favorite moments was uh, I remember watching a Friday Friday night SmackDown, and uh, it was uh, Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy uh, was, it was talking about something, and the next thing you know, Terry... Uh, not Terry. Uh, Teddy Long comes out and says, "You know what, player? You have a match against the Undertaker." Oh man, I, man when I tell you, I still remember that. Like he used to say that shit all the time back in like what was it like? Uh, oh, five, oh six ish. Yeah, until until um. 
mostly when um when Taker was active and stuff like that on the active roster, and then once he stopped being active, then you start seeing him less on SmackDown. Man, those are the good old days having um uh, Jeff Hardy, Edge, I think CM, maybe CM Punk too, uh, Undertaker, all on SmackDown. Kane. Kane, Triple, did I say Triple H? You did not. Triple H, those are the good old days, having those guys on, on SmackDown. The Rock. No, I'm talking like when we were teenagers. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know. For me to list off all my uh, favorite things The Undertaker's done would take a, an eternity, but I would like to highlight his uh, his working with or partnership or whatever you want to call it with Kane, whether it be when Kane first arrived in the WWF at the time and he really built him up or their work as a tag team. Brothers of Destruction. Overall, I, I liked his ability to work with Kane the best because Kane had several different personas in the from the early '90s to mid late '90s, and nothing ever worked for him. But then they uh, build him as the Undertaker's long lost brother, and all of a sudden you have a box box office hit. So yeah. I thought that was really good work. It it's kind of weird to see that uh that was the now that we know that the boneyard match was gonna be uh Taker's last match, but it was it was good to see him bring back the American badass Taker. He definitely needed one more uh, match with that character, and I'm glad to see we saw it. Right. Uh, do I think he still could compete and give us like? Maybe one one or two matches a year, he could, but it has to be like, it has to be like something like not something like the boneyard match, but like something something more gimmicky. Yeah, did a straight did a straight wrestling match. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like a buried alive match or something. Yeah, like I'm not like sure we've seen the last of the Undertaker because most people lose when on their way out. But either way, it's the Undertaker. He can do what he wants. He's earned that. Yep, he's definitely earned that. And then he still has a contract until he's like seventy or eighty or something, or ninety or something. So he has a contract with the WWE for a very long time until he dies. So. You never know when we're gonna see the Undertaker again, or or the American Badass. So, yep. Shout out to the Undertaker. Shout out to the Undertaker. Uh, thank ever. you for. Yep. Thank you for giving my mom into uh, the WWE, and then that led into me getting into the WWE. So, thank you to the Undertaker. Uh, we hope to see you again. Especially in New, in New Orleans. And, uh, you got anything else for the episode, Troy? Well, that's it for me. All right. Until next time, uh, ladies and gents, peace. See ya.